Got it good, Kim? Yeah. Good? Okay. All right, so we'll get right in. All right, so I will be, be talking about one of the keys, the most important key to Bible study. So I was excited. My dad had not, he had touched on this. I can't remember how far he got into it, but uh, he didn't do the papers. So I thought it would be really fun. If so, if people did do it, it would be a good remembrance. So we're going to be talking about the key of David, which is the most important key to Bible study, which is not very common for people to know. It's not not that common for people. Not a lot of preachers preach it or talk about it. It's not really that uh, noticed in the Word of God. Um, so we'll just be talking about the key of David. Um, I'll pray um, and then we'll get started. All right, thank you, Lord, for this wonderful day, Lord. Help us to have a good time in your Word. Lord, speak through me. Use me as an empty vessel. And I pray help us to have a great understanding of the key of David, Lord, and understanding your love. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, so I won't be too long. You, everyone have a pen? Yep, everyone's got a pen. All right, so the most important key is, um, is, oh, there we go. Sorry, I'm trying to think how I should say this. All right, so the, I'll repeat this. The most important key, so the first point, parts that you write in, is a key that I cannot give you. Cannot give you. Exclamation point. I won't yell it, but it is a key that I cannot give you. It is a key that no one can give to you, can no one can, um, it's not something you gain in yourself, it's not something, it's not just, it's nothing you can see, it's nothing you can be given, it's nothing you can gain, work for, it's not of work, it's, not, it's a key, it's different and it's significant and unique compared to all the other keys of Bible study. This is the key that makes all the other keys work. Um, that's the next phrase. It helps all the other keys. So if you, I, my dad, pastor, preached on all the keys to Bible study, and the first key that he mentioned, the intro to Bible study, is the number one key that allows all the other keys to work, is the key of David. So it helps everything else to work. So if you want all the keys of Bible study, all the different thing, pieces, the first key is the key of David, and this allows the rest to work. Um, the next phrase is, it is the key of David. That's what it is called. Um, it is the key of David, which is mentioned only a few times in Scripture. Um, and it doesn't have a complete example or um, explanation, but we can get it from Revelation and Psalms and a better understanding, especially from in Psalms, about David. So what is this key? Biblically, it is a symbol of access and authority. So we're going to be going there in a little bit, but in Psalms, oh, I thought it had it down here. Okay, so where is it? Hmm. I thought it would have it in here. Um, hold on. I thought it had it in here. So Psalms, we're going to be in Psalms. Let me just try to find it real quick. So it is basically in the, I thought, I really thought it had it on here. Hmm. Sorry about that. I guess. Well, give me a second. I'm just going to get this right here. Hmm. All right. So I never mind. I guess. I guess I won't be able to find it. 
All right, so this is biblically a symbol of access and authority. So we first find it in Psalms is where the key of David is first mentioned. Um, actually, I actually had just got an idea. I'll find it here. It's one of the first times Key of David's ever mentioned. I just remembered that. Oh, I spelled key wrong. My mom would be unhappy with me. <laughs> oh, so apparently it's in Isaiah. So I was wrong. It's not in Psalms. It's in Isaiah. Um, yep, 22-22. Yep, you're right. Oh, yeah. Um, Isaiah 22-22. Yeah, it's 22-22. So Isaiah 22, it's chapter 22. It is, oh, yeah, Nodi, you're right. It is chapter 22, verse 20 to 22. Uh, so I don't know why it says, oh, yeah, because that's 22 and 22. So chapter 22, verses 20 to 22. It explains the biblical symbol of access and authority. It says, and it shall come to pass in that day that I will call my servant Eliakim, the son of Hilakiah, and I will clothe him with thy robe and strengthen him with thy girdle, and I will commit thy government into his hand. And he shall be a father to the inhabitants of the Jerusalem and the house of Judah. And the key of the house of David will I lay upon his shoulder, so he shall open and none shall shut, and he shall shut and none shall open. So in the first place we talk about here, is it's talking about this key of David, which is put on Eliakim, on his shoulders, this key of the house of David. Well, if all of us know, if it's the key of the house of David, it comes with, it says that it closes, and no man can shut it, and shut when no man can open. Well, as we get from that, that's access. It is a key that um, brings access to something. That's how we understand it. it, is all keys bring access. My key to the church building. It gives me access into the church building. So the biblical, but there is also a biblical access to this. And authority. If somebody was given, I don't know, the key, the, uh, it's the house of David. The King David's house, the key to the house. Um, and we'll talk about which part. But that comes with authority. To have a key that goes into the king's house. That's crazy. So, but there's also a biblical symbol and access and authority. So that next phrase is biblically, it is, a, it is a symbol of access and authority. I don't know if you've written that down yet. So practically, it has to do with two things. So biblically, God's word and God's work. So in, I don't think it, I mean, it might be in Revelation. It probably, I'll just wait till I get there. So it's God's word. It gives us access and authority in God's word and God's work. It is found in two places in Scripture, both to tell us about the access of this key, um, is the next phrase. It is the key to God's, I wrote word, but I'm assuming that's authority. It is a key to God's authority. I don't know. I had to, I had to read the book to get the answers. So <laughs> it wasn't like completely telling me what the answers were. I had to find them in a book. A little difficult, but it is the key to God's word. So I would just put word. Um, but both tell us about the access of this key. It is the key to God's word. So the, the two verses, we already went to Isaiah, but if you go to Revelation, Revelation chapter 3, verse 7 and 8. So Revelation, 
three, seven to eight. And to the angel of the church in Philadelphia, write these things, saith he that is holy, he that is true, he that hath the key of David, he that openeth and no man shutteth, and shutteth and no man openeth. I know thy works. Behold, I have set before thee an open door, and no man can shut it, for thou hast a little strength, and hast kept my word, and hast not de um, denied my name. And then, of course, the next verse is the verse we had just talked about is Isaiah 22, verse 20, 22. And if you remember what they talked about is basically, so the rest of the story there, not just in those verses in particular, but that whole story is about um, the David, the King David, giving this man Eliakim a key to the house of David, which the key of the house of David is to David's treasury. It's to his, David's all the riches and treasure of the kingdom. And he entrusts this key, which it's David's house, so it's called the key of David. So um, physically, it is a key. He gives Eliakim, puts it upon his shoulders. Um, and of course, a key to that much riches and treasure, um, what it says biblically, it is in the symbol of access and authority, because that's what it was physically. It was the access to all the riches in the kingdom, in David's house. And it also was sold out. There was authority there to have the key to that. So when people need to get in it or whatever, they would have to go to him. He had authority, if you might say. So there is a biblical standpoint, an inspirational or doctrinal point to this key of David. So um, what are the treasures um, that it opens is the next point of this, uh, this key of David. Um, so biblically, we all, there is a key of David. There is a biblical key of David. And uh, there are treasures that it opens. But what are these treasures? And the phrase that we're looking for are the treasures of the word of God. So the biblical key that um, is possible for us to get. So I think it's not written, but... Uh, this biblical key of David. Um, it's not written here, so I'm just going to come up on the... I know it on the fly. I read the book, so I know what the, what the key of David. So the key of David, and if we go to a... So historical standpoint, what I was talking about is that it was the key given to Eliakim that was the key to the house of David. It was to unlock the treasures of the riches of the place. Well, this biblical symbol, this key of David is also this key that no pastor, no um, godly man can give us. It is a key that is held by Jesus Christ himself. And it is, always, it is only given to specific people, not anybody, their riches and treasure. And the treasure is, if you read down here, the treasures of the word of God. That's the phrase down there. What are the treasures that it opens? This key, the, access, the biblical access and authority that we are given when this, with this key is the treasures of his word. And he's not going to allow just anybody to come up to his word. Have you ever had a point where, I don't know, now, a point now or a point in time where you could not understand the word of God? Sometimes we're still just babes inside and we don't understand the word of God. Does the word of God hard to read? Is it like um, chewing on straw? Is it dry? Is it um, bitter? Is it just not? Are you not getting a lot out of it? And the answer is because you don't have the key of David. Um, the keys of Bible study all come in after this key because this key 
allows you to understand the Word of God. This key allows you to see things that you could not see before. Um, the reason why you go to the Bible and you can't understand things is because you don't have this key. And this key, um, it's a passion. It's a love. This key is, the biblical example of this key is, gives you access and authority to God's word and his work. But there's a depth to this key that sometimes it's hard to uh, comprehend because there's, no, there's not a whole lot we get here. But uh, the inspirational or doctrinal point of view of this key is very in-depth what we'll be talking about. So what are the treasures that this key of David opens? Um, the treasure is the verse, if you'll turn with me, Ephesians chap, um, chapter 3, verse 8. We're going to be talking about these treasures in the Word of God. So we're hearing this story about David giving Eliakim this key to his treasures. Um, and if we take this, um, we all know that the Bible, and God references the Word of God as treasure, as we find in Ephesians chapter 3. Ephesians chapter 3, verse 8, says, Unto me who am less than the least of all saints, in this grace given that I should preach among the Gentiles the unsearchable riches of Christ. So it's talking about it's preaching to the Gentiles the riches of Christ. What are riches? It's treasure. Um, and then also Proverbs chapter 2, verse 4. Proverbs Chapter 2, verse 4 says, If thou seekest her as silver and searchest for her as for hid treasures. Um, hid treasures, wisdom in the word of God is hid treasures. Here we are again with the treasures. And then lastly, Colossians chapter 2, verse 3. I'm getting good exercises too. I got to flip into a bunch of pages. Colossians chapter 2, verse 3. Says, in whom are hid all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. And where are they hid? It says in verse 2, that their hearts might be comforted. I'll just reach to the, It says, so to the knowledge, acknowledgement of the mystery of God and the Father and of Christ Jesus. In whom are hid all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. So the treasures are hidden in Jesus Christ, in his word. So we're talking about these treasures. And when, do you ever see a place where treasures are set in the middle of nowhere? where people can go and grab it. No, never seen something like that. So why, if God calls this book and the words in here treasure, would he just leave it there for people to, I know he, you know, he gives it to us to read and understand, but it's not just, it's not just there so that everybody can grab this treasure and see it, you know, feel it or whatever for themselves. It's not just a simple grab it. You know, the reason why we can't always understand this as simple as it is is because um, it's a treasure that so it can be locked. It's a key that we can't get to. And uh, this, the reason, um, it's just treasures that we, sorry, I'm trying to figure this out, um, treasures that we can't reach or get to because it's protected um, from, by the key of David. And we have to get this key to David, the key of David. And the only per one of the only people that had this key was David himself. And I'll explain what the key of David was a little bit further. So um, after Colossians, we have the next phrase is the treasures of the work of God. Matthew chapter 13, 44. Chapter 13, 44. It says again that the kingdom of heaven is likened to treasure 
hid in a field, the which when a man hath found, he hideth, and for joy thereof goeth, and selleth all that he hath, and buyeth that field. So it's talking about heaven. Now heaven is, um, now it doesn't really connect, it doesn't go that well together. It's not talking about the Bible being treasure, it's talking about heaven. Um, but still there's these treasures in heaven. You can't, not everybody can just go to heaven. You have to be saved. It's a tr- heaven is basic. it's a treasure. That not, not everybody can just go right in. You have to be saved. When you say that getting saved is a key? There's a key to going to heaven, and that's believing on the Lord Jesus Christ. It's the same thing with word, God's word. It's, there's a key that we have to have to read and truly understand and love this word of God. It's not just a simple, I'm going to, you know, if I were to decide, just when you get saved, you're not going to be able to just read any book in the Bible. You read, um, let's say, Leviticus. You go read Leviticus. You're not going to be like, wow, that's amazing. I think that's like one of the hardest, like, straw books um, that there is in there. The Book of Straw, I think that's Leviticus. I might be wrong. Um, but there's just, no, no, that was James. Also, some people don't understand James because it was talking to the Hebrews. And some Christians don't understand that. And uh, so there's just so much that's hard to understand. So there's a special kind of key that is given to a Christian, only a Christian, that allows us to read this Word of God, that the key of David, that allows us to open the treasures in this Word of God. So the next page, um, if you read in summary, the key of David is the key that opens the eyes of your understanding to the world of, um, to the Word, I'm sorry, the Word of God. So, do you remember in the 21st century? Oh, I'm trying to get my phone real quick. <laughs> All right, so I have it right here. Let me see here. This is was his comment right here in the book. He says, "Where are the people in the 21th, 21st century who so reverenced, which reverence is a absolute uh, reverence is an absolute submission, absolute respect." Um, so where the people in the 21st century who so reverenced the word of God that it actually causes them to tremble. And where are they today? Out of ourselves. So this is talking about, I want to just bring up these people. Where in the 21st century or you know, in the Bible times where these people just had such a love for word of God that they understand it. You know, have you ever met those people that seem very intellectual and um, usually it's pastors, but they just know what the Bible says. They read something that somehow we can't see. We're like, how did you see that? I can't, I can't understand that. How did you find that? And there's just some pastors and people I know that they can just read the Bible and understand it. I don't know. It's, some, it's sometimes I, I, now I know why, but sometimes when I, before I was like, how did they understand, how did they understand that? You know, there's just some people that can just, they, have, they just understand the Bible for what it says, and they see the depth that sometimes we can't see. We're like, how? And the Bible is given to all of us, and all of us can read it. It's, a, it's very simple, but somehow we can't read it. We don't understand why. I can't understand this. And there is a reason behind that. And this is what the key of David's for. The key of David is the key that opens the eyes of the understanding to the word of God. It is a key that they possess. Which, if we can't understand the word of God, we don't. 
the key of David is something that if people you know who has it, because if they're talking and they understand the word of God and they read it and they, you know, they just understand it and they love it and it makes sense to them in a depth, that means they have, that's the key of David, they understand it. But now that means we don't have it because we don't understand it. Um, and I'll explain how we get it. So the key of David, the next phrase, the key of David is the key that opens the doors of opportunity in the work of God. So it opens the eyes to understanding the word. So that's why their eyes have been opened. Our eyes have not. It opens the doors of opportunity in the work of God. But how do I get it? How can I get this key? You know, we know it's, I, that's how I know it's real, because I know people that have such a reverence for the Word of God, that they understand so much depth in the Word of God that somehow I can't possess, I can't read, and I can't understand. Some people, so some people just, I know there's just people out there that just don't understand the Word of God. And it's like, this is the reason why you don't have the key of David. But how do I get this key? It is given to those who possess the key ingredient to David's walk. That's why it's called the key of David. And um, David's walk in relationship with the Lord. It's connected to the Lord. The key of David is not just, it's not a physical key, it's a biblical key. So it's, got, it's connected to the Lord Jesus Christ. Um, the key ingredient to David, uh, you guys are already writing that down, I believe. Is, I'm just going to repeat that. It is given to those who possess the key ingredient to David's walk in relationship with the Lord. Now, what was that key? ingredient to, G, um, to David's life. And uh, this is amazing. This, this is incredible. This is, last night when I was reading this, last night I was, it, I, you know, I'm, I'm assuming, saying my body is like a house, not the house of the Lord, but it, this shook my world. Uh, so that, that sounds better. That's a natural word. It shook my world reading this. I was so excited. I could have jumped up in the air. I just, I loved just reading this. So David, the key ingredient to David's walking relationship is how, with the Lord, is how we get this key of David. Um, and it was the reverential reverence, um, the reverential attitude toward and his passionate love for the Word of God. That's how, yeah, that's how David had this key of David. He, the key is his attitude and his passion. Now, how that key manifests itself in our life, in the lives of others, and our lives, we read in Job 23, um, chapter 23, verse 12, you turn with me. So, Job 23, chapter 23, verses 12, it says, Neither have I gone back from the commandment of his lips. I have esteemed the words of his mouth more than my necessary food. Wow. It's just people, there's not a lot of people like that in this day anymore. And then you got in Psalms chapter 63. Oh, this is not that far off. Psalms 63. Psalm 63, verse 1. He says, O God, thou art my God. Early will I seek thee. My soul thirsteth for thee. My flesh longeth for thee in a dry and thirsty land where no water is. Um, man, just what kind of just amazing. These men rather feast on God's word 
rather than their favorite food. Who, who's, who's like that? How many people are like that, that they would rather feast on God's word than the very favorite food that they consume? That gives them life. The very food that gives us life, that's, they rather feast on the word of God. And then how many people have that passion and for that thirst of God's word instead of the, the water that quenches that thirst in our, uh, in our, you know, in our mouth would rather have that passion and thirst for the Word of God. How many people are like that today that have that hunger and that thirst for God's Word? The reverence and passion and hunger is just one of, it's just the, one of those keys. Um, that, that they had that reverence to tremble. Um, there was a, there's another verse in there that I didn't do, but uh, I forget which one. But I was just talking about reverence, you know, the people in the Word of God, how the reason why they had this hunger and this thirst was because they had this reverence to tremble. How many people are like that? I think sometimes that fades, that, no, I know that fades in Christianity today. We're going to God as like, we see Him, you know, it's good to see Him as a friend, but He's God. Right. He's the King of the universe. He's all-powerful. He's Jehovah. He's almighty. And sometimes I think, you know, he is a friend, and he lo- we need to love him as a friend, uh, closer than a friend, but um, that he's this good friend that's always there for us. But sometimes I think we feel, even though he is a person to us that we're supposed to have a relationship with, he's not just that. Um, we should have this reverence to tremble before him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just, I think just Christianity has lost that. In the, the olden days in the Bible times, before the... Um, uh, I forget, the people that would go into the temple to speak with Jesus, um, those, the, um, the Jews, before they would, this is kind of crazy, before they would even speak the name Jehovah, they washed themselves. That's how they treated God. He meant so much to them that they washed themselves before they even spoke his name. And they did so many things before they even, you know, they uh, paid for their sins with the blood and sacrifices before they even gone into the temple. That's how much they reverenced God, Jesus Christ. The hunger and thirst and attitude is so important to this key of David. And uh, how that key manifests itself in the life of David, it was manifest in his passion for the word of God. He had such passion. Note the experience of David's love um, for God in the Psalms. So in Psalms there, so um, this guy, Mark Trotter, had looked through the entire Psalms to see how much, because he was called the man after God's own heart. And, oh, this is a man who loved, truly loved God with all his heart. But do you know how many verses there are where he says he loved God? Yeah. Two. <laughs> only two verses. Psalms, if you'll turn, Psalms 18, only two verses. I was shocked when I heard this. I was like, what? Um, Chapter 18, verses 1, he says, I will love thee, O Lord, my strength. That's it, period. That's it. That's why the pastor mentions, he's like, that's it. That's not, no exclamation point, no, ex- it's not some exciting remark, not littling this at all. This is an amazing verse, saying he loves the Lord, but it's not like what his, da- if we read earlier David's, um, he, it, just, it didn't seem he dwelt on that that much. Um, no, he definitely loved the Lord with all his heart. But just it was just it's small. We were just kind of shocked after being called the man after God's home heart, owns heart. I, we would, I would assume that he'd say he loves the Lord, and that's why. Well, then you read the next verse, Psalms one sixteen. That's quite a ways. 
Psalms 116. So chapter 116, verse 1 says, I love the Lord because he hath heard my voice and my supplications. And that's the two verses right there saying he loved the Lord. Just those two. Wow. It's kind of just really shocking. Like, what? That's the man after God's own heart says he loves the Lord only twice. Well, this was the amazing part. Um, the expressions of David's love for the word of God in Psalms 119 are countless. I won't have to, I won't go to each one of these, but um, Psalms 119 is the most common where he says how much he loves the Lord. So verse 47, 119, 47, he says, And I will delight myself in thy commandments, which I have loved. And then 48, which is the next verse, My hands also will I lift up unto thy commandments, which I have loved, and I will meditate in thy statutes. Meditate on his statutes. What? Verse um, then 97. Actually, it's all in 119. It shouldn't be that too hard to go to each one. Um, 97 says, oh how, I, oh, how love I thy law. It is my meditation all the day. He's saying, you know, he didn't say that about Jesus Christ, but he said that about his word. He says, I'll meditate on your word all day long. How many of us do that? How much of us love the word of God so much that we meditate it all day long? Especially with all the worries of this world today. One thir- um, verse 113 says, I hate vain thoughts, but thy law do I love. That's wisdom right there. Um, and then 119, verse 119, oops, right here, uh, says, Thou puttest away all the wicked of the earth, like dross, there- therefore I love thy testimonies. And it can- we could go on and on and on and on. And on. <laughs> there's, just, there's no end to David's love for the Word of God. He absolutely has such a passion and love for the, the words of God. And uh, so what's the point of this? God's desire has always been for us to love Him with all our hearts and soul and mind and strength. Uh, we all know this. This is probably a common verse we all know is Mark 12, 30. I'm going to turn there. You, you can if you want. Um, Mark 12.30. So Mark 12.30 says, And thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thine heart, and with all thy soul, and with all thy mind, and with all thy strength. This is the first commandment. So he, that's how much the Lord wants us to love. We are to love God with everything we are. What we learn from David's life, and par- um, particular, I can't even pronounce that word, very specifically, Psalms 119, is that you cannot separate loving God from loving his word. Amen. Clearly, if he was the man after God's own heart, wouldn't we assume that he loved God? Well, he loved God two verses, but he absolutely um, passionately loved the word of God. And that was the key. That was the, that's the key of David. That was the key to David's relationship with the Lord. David loved God of the Word because he loved the Word of God. I really like that saying. He loved God's Word so much. And it shows, it, there's another verse I didn't, I didn't write down. That word that says he exalts his Word above his own name. That's how much God, you know, God sees his word, how he, his word is above his own name. So if we love the word of God, 
will love God. That's how he, David loved the Word of God so much. That means he loved God. Two of the same. David loved the God of the Word because he loved the Word of God. <laughs> that's just amazing. Uh, that's what happened to our brothers and sisters in the Philadelphian church in the Philadelphian church period. Revelation chapter 3, verses 7 to 8. You turn real quick. I, actually, that's the verse that we, all, we already kind of had a little while ago, but we can go back there again, I guess. Gives her a better, another understanding. Revelation 3.7. says, And so the angel of the church in Philadelphia write these things, saith he that is holy, he that is true, he that hath the key of David, was it's talking about this biblical key of David, which is an absolute love and reverence for God's word. Um, and it says, He that is holy, he that is true, he that hath the key of David, he that openeth and no man shutteth, and shutteth and no man openeth. Um, it goes to verse 8 as well. I know thy works. Behold, I have set before thee an open door, and no man can shut it. For thou hast a little strength, and hast kept my word, and hast not denied my name. Amen. The key. Um, because they possessed the key to David's life, Jesus put into their possession the key of David. That's how these Philadelphian brothers and sisters had the key of David. Um, they were given it by Jesus Christ. He is the keeper of the key of David. It can only be given by him. No man has no power to give this key. It's absolutely only Jesus Christ that can give us this key to his word. With that key, God gave them unlimited authority to the treasures in his word. I don't know about you, I would love to have, I want to have this authority to the treasures in his word. Um, they had unlimited access to the treasures in his world. Yeah, access to his treasures in his world. I th That might be word. I might be wrong. It might not be world. I bet it's word. <laughs> Sorry, I scribbled that out and write word. I don't know. It was, it was a little hard, kind of confusing. I didn't know. It's not like in the book they said, oh, this is the answer. It was kind of like all muffled and all the stuff, and this is just like half or like a quarter of what he said, so I'm, I put together the best I could. Treasures in his word, I'd say. So they got an unlimited authority to the treasures in his word, just like Eliakim did um, with the physical key. That's the Philadelphian brothers and sisters had this possession, of, and they had unlimited authority to the treasures of the word, unlimited access to the treasures of the word. And they had the key of keys. So my pastor has mentioned before the keys of Bible study. Uh, and I'm, I'm talking about all the different keys. I didn't write them all down, too. I probably should. But there are many keys of Bible study. But the first that helps all the keys to work, the key of keys, is the key of David. So the key of David is a passion. It's a love. That's what the key of David is. It's a biblical Passion, love, reverence. I love that word. I mean, he mentions it many times in his book, reverence. And I looked it up today. I didn't know what it meant. And um, it, had some different, it had some different meanings, but I looked it up in the Word of God, and what I got close to was that it was basically an absolute respect, an absolute um, submission. Um, where I found it was in Ephesians, where it was talking about 
um, wives. So is the verse a few verses before it says, "Wives submit yourselves to your husbands, as the Lord, um, as um, as unto the Lord." So I'm like, oh, and then it made another description with the word reverence instead of submission, um, or whatever. I think I'm paraphrasing a little bit, but uh, I was like, okay, so reverence is an absolute submission. It's an absolute subjection. It's an absolute respect, um, and that's what we need to have for the Word of God. It's not just a simple book, yeah. um, and I think that's why that's how we can't understand it sometimes. But when we go to it like a book, or I'm reading a fun story about some story. I don't know. I don't read many books, but uh, um, Hardy Boys is a book I used to read. The uh, Box Boxcar Children. There's so many different books people read. I didn't read a lot. So, but there's so many books that we just read. This isn't just a book. This book's alive. Right. It is treasure. It is a treasure that a gift from God, the God of lights. It is, it is amazing. Not just anybody can hold it and read it. It is treasures that we need to have this real passion and reverence and love. So if you find yourself not understanding it, it's because you don't have that passion and love and reverence. You don't have that key of David. You don't have the right attitude. We come to it like a book. I'm going to check it off the list and then get to do with my fun things today, my TV, my relax on the couch. I'm just talking about, I'm just thinking of my own self. <laughs> uh, you know, you just, sometimes that's what we just do. I, I don't know what everybody else does. We all have different hobbies that, we, that might take away from the Word of God. But when we, that's the attitude that we have to the Word of God that I'm checking it off the list, that it's just a book I need to read because I'm a Christian and that God wants me to, if that's our attitude, we're not going to get the key of David. This book is just going to be Greek to us, <laughs> even though some of it is. Uh, translate, right. But it's English now. So, yeah, it's, there is a, if we need to have this passion, this reverence, this hunger, this thirst, this just desire, this right attitude, just like David did. If you want to know the right attitude, just read in Psalms 119, the right attitude to have to understand this Bible. That's how we know if you don't, if you don't understand the Bible, it's because you don't have the, just the love and the passion and the reverence and the right attitude. And that's all I have for today, so we'll end in prayer. And uh, I know I just mentioned this to somebody the other day. I was with some friends, and I'm like, oh, I'm preaching uh, this... Uh, this Sunday on the Key of David, and I didn't know what it was, so I explained a little bit of what it was, but I had just studied up for it yesterday. I thought it was going to be really simple. I thought I was going to have all the answers and stuff like that. And then I found that um, my dad's like, I actually got all the answers from the book, and you got to find them because they're not clear. I'm like, oh. <laughs> I'm like, okay. So I spent uh, a few hours or whatever looking, reading the book, trying to find them all, and then putting my own notes in there. And I'm glad I read the book because I was able to memorize some things that's not written down that I should have written down. Um, but I just, I just found it really interesting. The key of David. It's not something, um, it's not something given. It's something uh, that is possessed from the Lord Jesus Christ. Um, it's not something I can give you. I mean, like it's still given by the Lord, but it's not given by any person. Um, it is a powerful and amazing, absolutely amazing. That's all I have for today, so I'll end this in some prayer, and uh, then we'll dis, uh, dismiss, and I'll probably head home and take a nap. I'm just kidding. All right, thank you, Lord, for this wonderful day, Lord, you've given us. I thank you for this amazing understanding, Lord, of your word and the key of David. Lord, I pray, Lord, work in all our lives, Lord, and if we have any, time, any hard time understanding your word, Lord, I pray that we would um, rearrange our life, rearrange our thoughts, rearrange our actions, and we would, you would tr 
Just, Lord, would you flip us upside down um, and give us a, uh, by the um, changing of our minds, Lord, to your Christ-like mind, help us to have a reverence for your word. Help us to have a uh, passion and a love for your word, Lord. Help us to not think of anything else but your word, that we love your word so much, Lord, that we go into it and we can understand it, Lord, that would you give us the key of David. It's not something, Lord, that we can work for. We have to have an absolute passion, an absolute um, reverence, an absolute respect for it, Lord. Would you change our minds, Lord? We are fleshly, prideful, and just weak-minded pe- people, Lord. Um, Christianity has um, differed from, um, from just a, great, a good time with uh, the Bible times, Lord. Lord, I pray that you would work within us, Lord. Change our hearts and our minds. Would you work in all of our lives, Lord, and help us, Lord, uh, help us to love you so much so, Lord, that uh, your word is what we love. We love you. We love your word. If we don't love your word, then how can we love you? I praise your name on high and help us to uh, be doers, not just hearers, Lord. I pray work in all our lives. Add to our faith and help us to grow. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, we are dismissed.